welcome back to another episode of the Dunkel Index podcast. I'm Ben Dunkel, and here with me is a guy who's reportedly being traded for a 2022 seventh round pick. That's my dad, Bob Dunkel. Are we guaranteed that there will even be a seventh round by 2022? I, I uh, sound yes, more like I might be a free agent by that time. So The NFL did announce the schedule for the 2022 draft the other day. So yes, it is going to happen. All right. All right. So uh, uh, what, what's, what's, what's the last pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant? Uh, probably mm-hmm. it'll be Mr. Irrelevant. I think that suits me and the Dunkel Index just fine. Um, although we did have a good week last week. We're on a little mm-hmm. bit of a roll. Here in the NFL, I think 11 and 4 against the spread. So I think it's safe to say we probably had a better week than Jay Gruden had. I don't know. Uh, getting out of that situation, uh, probably a load off his shoulders. Yeah, there's something about, uh, I think he's getting going to get paid $5 million next year not to coach the Redskins. I think that sounds like a pretty good deal. Totally. Um, yeah, Gruden, uh, poor, poor guy. I mean, what was he? 35 and 40, 49 and one over, uh, five plus years, just never really got going. But I love, you know, sports is always good about finding these little connect the dot moments. And, uh, on this one, it's, uh, it's Bill Callahan who's taking over for him because if you remember back in 2002, when he took over the Raiders, who'd he take over from? Remember Ben? Uh, John Gruden. John Gruden, who went to Tampa Bay. So uh, when it comes to replacing Gruden's, Callahan's your guy. And, of course, he took the Raiders to the Super Bowl that year, and they ended up losing to the Tampa Bay Bucks, who were coached by, who was that? Chucky. Chucky. <laughs> so, so based on that, uh, put your money down on the Redskins to go to the Super Bowl this year. Callahan's going to lead this turnaround starting this weekend in Miami. Well, it might it might take like five weeks into next year for them to get there or something. Yeah, no, I don't think uh, that's going to be happening anytime soon. The Redskins just seem to have, uh, for whatever reason, most people think it starts with the owner, Daniel Snyder. Uh, they just seem to have found ways to hit rock bottom, which is amazing given uh, the Joe Gibbs era and those three Super Bowls. Um, So it's bad. It's bad for the NFC East, which used to be the best division in football, but between the uh, Redskins and the up and down, currently down Giants, um, two out of the four teams are not carrying their weight in the division right now. That's for sure. Uh, I think most people realize that the NFC East is consistently overrated by the East Coast media. I'm starting to subscribe to that myself, yes. Especially after the Niners played last night uh, in Seattle on Thursday night, I think the power in the NFC is clearly out West. Yeah, um, but back to the NFC East really quickly and Washington, um, you mentioned the turnaround that Bill Callahan might provide. And I think that might get started this weekend. So they're playing uh, at Miami. And this game's interesting because it has two uh, winless teams going head-to-head. Washington's 0-5 this year, 1-4 against the spread, number 30 in the index. Miami's 0-4 overall, 0-4 against the spread, and number 32 in the index. Uh, But what's interesting here is that Miami plays all the other winless teams this year. I think it's Cincinnati, Washington, and who else? Oh, the Jets. Right. Yes, of course. 
the Jets. So Miami plays all three of those teams this year. So they essentially control their own destiny when it comes to the number one pick. So I fully expect them to lose this week to Washington um, to ensure themselves a shot at that number one pick. Uh, the line in this one is Washington by three and a half. What do you think? Yeah, that, that's that's a pretty good call there, Ben. I tell you, I mean, how much would I have to pay you not to watch this football game this weekend? Um, can't imagine the ratings are going to be very good. And in a way, I think Washington benefits from going on the road, not having to play in front of their hostile fans who – uh, even though they did get Jay Gruden scalped this week, uh, still have to be an angry bunch about how far the Redskins have fallen. What is it uh, they say? A, a bad day in Miami is better than a good day in Washington? <laughs> well, I don't know if that's true if you're a football fan, but uh, probably weather-wise, yes, I, I would agree Well, I was going to say for the skins, uh, you know. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, the die was probably cast for Gruden two weeks ago when uh, they pulled the uh, lever uh, and put Haskins in, the rookie quarterback, um, hoping that he could bring a little of the magic that Daniel Jones had brought to the Giants, and he was just a bust. And now you hear all these whispers about how he's not ready. So I think when they went that route and it didn't uh, bear any fruit, I think uh, – the writing was on the wall for Gruden. So as we said, Bill Callahan steps in and uh, great timing for him. You know, he's got a shot here to, to, to win a football game right out of the gate. Um, Miami just continues to put up horrific numbers. Uh, through the first four games, they have been outscored 163 to 26. Uh, so looking back at the record books, They've gone back all the way to 1940, and they haven't been able to find a four-game stretch as bad as the Dolphins. So I think the tanking is clearly uh, on right now down there in Miami. Um, they come into this game just 6-19-1 and one against the spread in their last 26 after scoring less than, than 15 points in the previous game. And they went into a bye last week, but they, prior to that, they had lost to the Chargers 30-10. Uh, to 10. Uh, One little silver lining was they actually did have a lead, but it only lasted 3 minutes and 49 seconds. So uh, they're not very good at being a front runner right now. And they clearly have gotten accustomed to playing uh, from behind. And that's what the index expects on this one. Even with all the Redskins' struggles, uh, especially a quarterback, we do think that uh, Washington will go down to Miami, where the line currently is uh, Redskins by three and a half. Uh, Dunkel margin is at seven and a half right now. So, and the line seems to be dropping. I think, Ben, you said in, in some of the books now it's down to three. So uh, that looks good to keep on letting it drop and jump on the Redskins. Uh, neither team wants to be a member of that 0 and 16 club that is currently inhabited by the Lions and the Browns. Uh, so I think both would like to find a way to win this game. But from the index's standpoint, it's going to be a Redskins victory minus the three and a half. Yeah, I'm calling it now. Miami is in a hard tank. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, next game, we've got Houston at Kansas City. So Houston's three and two overall now, three and two against the spread, number 12 in the index. 
The Chiefs are four and one overall now, three and two against the spread, and actually number two in the index. The line here is Kansas City by five and a half. Uh, what do you see? Yeah, Houston has been tough to figure out so far. They've just been so up and down through the first couple of weeks. But boy, when they're up, they are really up. And they looked really good last week uh, against Atlanta, albeit the Falcons, uh, very much a struggling team right now. But on defense, the Falcons usually find a way to put the clamps on teams. In fact, nobody had thrown for over 400 yards against uh, Atlanta since week 16 of the 2012 season. But Deshaun Watson uh, went 400 and better, uh, finished with 426, and maybe more impressively, five TDs. And that was with a lot of double teams coming against DeAndre Hopkins. But he ended up going to Will Fuller, who I think finished with 14 catches and three TDs. So... They've got a lot of tools down there in Houston. Uh, if they can protect Deshaun Watson, and that was the other thing that was uh, a good takeaway from that game was the offensive line didn't let Watson get sacked, which has been a rarity in recent times for Houston. So good sign for the Texans coming out of that one. Uh, the offense looks to be clicking. Of course, they've always got J.J. Watt on defense, so you always expect the Texans to be able to play a little bit of D. Um, with Kansas City, uh, looks to be maybe turning in a little bit of a different direction. Um, you know, they're used to putting up big numbers. In fact, uh, they came into their game on Sunday night against Indianapolis, having scored at least 26 points in 22 straight games, which was an NFL record. And uh, even against a, a pretty decent Colts team, you thought they'd have a little problem of reaching that. In fact, we had the over in that game, and we came up way short on that. In fact, 19-13 to 13 was the final score. Uh, so obviously the Chiefs did not reach that 26-point um, target, and so that streak ended. Uh, Mahomes just never really got going. Number-wise, he didn't have a horrible game, 321 yards passing and, and a TD, but the running game was no help at all. In fact, only, only had 36 yards. So uh, Chiefs uh, dealt a little bit of a setback there. Mahomes got a little dinged up with uh, with an ankle sprain. He was sacked four times. As I mentioned, the running game was no help at all. So, you know, we see this as, as two teams maybe heading in a little opposite direction right now. Houston certainly comes in hot. They're 5-2-1 and one against the spread in their last eight uh, road games. And when it comes to these two teams playing, the road team has actually uh, been the better of the, of the uh, two. Uh, road teams are 5-1 and one against the spread right now in the last six games between the Texans and Chiefs. So as we said, two teams may be heading in different directions at the moment. Uh, the Vegas line uh, is Kansas City by five and a half and dropping. I think it's down to five and even four and a half in uh, some sports books. Uh, that's in total agreement right now with uh, the Dunkel Index. Uh, the Dunkel margin has the Chiefs favored by only one. So we look for Watson and the Texans to continue to keep the hot streak going and to go into Arrowhead and keep it within the spread. All right, moving on to a game that I am looking forward to. It's Philadelphia at Minnesota. Philadelphia is 3-2 two, two overall, 2-3 two and three against the spread, number 14 in the index. 
Minnesota's three and two overall, three and two against the spread, and a number eight in the index. The line here is Minnesota by three. Uh, what are you saying? Yeah, this is one where I think it's your gut versus my index, because I know you think the Eagles and the three is the play here, but the index disagrees with you on that. So we'll have to see which one proves right on this one. Um, you know, these two teams are starting to look a little bit like division rivals because they played twice in the last two years. Of course, two years ago in the NFC Championship, uh, Philly dominated 38-7. to And then last year, the Vikings got a little bit of payback when they went to Philadelphia, came out with a 23-21 win. Uh, so they're very familiar with each other. Uh, Philadelphia got uh, got going. You know, they, they, of course, a couple of weeks ago um, had that dreadful performance against the Lions at home uh, where they ended up losing. Uh, this week, they did not take the Jets lightly, um, even though they probably could have and still come out of there a win. But uh, the defense really put the clamps down. In fact, uh, I was telling you earlier, uh, set an NFL record has never been done before. Ten sacks in a game and two defensive touchdowns. So, you know, that was the good news in a 31 to 6 uh, win. If there was any bad news, I'd say it's Carson Wentz still hasn't quite gotten going. Um, I think we're still waiting to see that look that he had two years ago before his injury. Um, he only threw for 189 yards and a TD. So uh, they didn't need him on Sunday. Uh, defense more than uh, picked up the slack, but I think they're going to need him against Minnesota which uh, has had its own mediocre performances at quarterback. Uh, that seems to have been the trademark of Kirk Cousins of late, uh, much to the frustration of Vikings fans. But Cousins was on on Sunday, and he completed 22 of 27 for a season-high 306 yards and two TDs to Adam Thielen, which makes Adam Thielen very happy because he had kind of complained uh, the prior week about not getting any touches. Uh, in that 16-6 to loss uh, to the Bears. So uh, the squeaky wheel got some grease there. Cousins got going, and Dalvin Cook uh, continued uh, to get going. Um, he, uh, he had 132 yards rushing and uh, just has been a monster through the first uh, five weeks of the season. So... Good news for Vikings fans is uh, they're kind of getting it both ways right now through the air and on the ground. And the defense found a way to cool off the red hot Daniel Jones. We'll have to see uh, if Jones is able to bounce back from that performance. But they beat the Giants 28 to 10. So coming into the Eagle game, uh, Minnesota's 8 and 2 against the spread in its last 10 games after accumulating more than 150 yards rushing in the previous game. So uh, with Dalvin Cook in the backfield, uh, he's given that Vikings offense some nice balance. Uh, and the Eagles uh, are just one and four against the spread in their last five after allowing less than 150 yards passing in the previous week. So even though they were able to shut down poor Luke Falk, the third string quarterback with the Jets, that does not uh, bode necessarily well for this upcoming week. So Coming into this one, Ben, as you said, the line is Minnesota by three. Uh, the Dunkel margin is actually five and a half points. So 
uh, and I think the Minnesota line has been dropping uh, down to two and a half in sports books. So that's looking pretty good in the index's eyes. We see uh, the more balanced attack of the Vikings right now, especially at home, coming out of this game uh, with a win and a cover. And that's fine. Um, and, you know, I know you want to blame all of uh, the Jets' problems on their third-string quarterback. <laughs> but um, you didn't mention Jordan Adams. I mean, I think the Eagles are starting to get a pretty balanced offense. Yeah, no, you mean Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Jordan, no, I agree with you. Jordan Howard looks really good right now. I think it took uh, Peterson uh, a few weeks to figure out how to deploy him, but he's got that Jay Ajayi uh, look of two years ago right now. So uh, definitely not uh, not discounting Jordan Howard's impact on this game uh, right now. It's probably actually more on, on Wentz and whether he's going to get going. And, you know, even against a pretty mediocre Jets defense, uh, it didn't put up very big numbers. Uh, Vikings have a much better defense. So... On the road in Minnesota, it's going to take an A game from Wentz, and I don't know if he's got that in him at the moment. All right. Well, stay away, folks. <laughs> Gut versus the index on this one, so make sure to tune in next week to see how that one played out, guys. You know, full disclosure. All right. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got San Francisco at the Rams. It's uh, – San Francisco's 4-0 overall. They're 3-1 against the spread now, and actually number three in the index. The Rams are 3-2 overall, 4-1 against the spread, and number six in the index. The line on this one is Rams by four. What do you think? Yeah, you want to talk about a little bit of a gut check. Um, you know, how do you, how do you figure out a four-point line when San Francisco just completely annihilates you know, what we thought was a pretty decent Cleveland team, although it's it's definitely week to week with the Browns. One week they're up, one week they're down. They look to be up after their big win over the Ravens. So coming into the game against the Niners, um, in fact, the line had been dropping uh, a few days prior. Um, but, boy, San Francisco looked really good, uh, 4-0 now. Uh, Garoppolo didn't have his best game, um, you know, somewhat like Wentz, but he, he didn't need it. Uh, they more than, uh, picked up the slack, uh, and other fast, especially fast, especially the, uh, the running game. Uh, Matt Breida looks like, uh, he's, he's turning into a pretty decent back there. And then the defense took, uh, great liking in, uh, it's pounding of Baker Mayfield. In fact, Nick Bosa, uh, the former Ohio State lineman mimicked Bayfield's uh, flag plant when Oklahoma went into Columbus two years ago and, and beat the Buckeyes. So that was sweet revenge for both, and I'm sure Buckeye Nation more than appreciated that. So they come out of that with a 31-3 to win and just dominated uh, the Browns in every facet, especially on the ground, uh, outgaining the Browns 275-102. to And that puts them 4-0 for the first time since 1990. So you got to go back to the Joe Montana, Jerry Rice years, which, by the way, uh, it wasn't Joe Montana, but it was pretty fun to see uh, Steve Young tossing balls to Jerry Rice before the game the other night. Brought back some memories. 
The Rams uh, may start to be wondering about that Super Bowl loser jinx uh, after their Thursday night loss to Seattle. That was a great game. And as I said, it looks like uh, the West is is where um, the power resides in the NFC right now. Um, Russell Wilson just put on a huge display. And I think right now probably uh, in the running, if not the front runner for the MVP award. But even with that, um, the Rams had a chance to win it at the end. We we had them straight up, uh, and Zerline, uh, usually a very reliable kicker, uh, lines up for a 44-yarder, more than makeable uh, for him. And um, he unfortunately shanked it to the right. They still covered, uh, keeping it under the one-and-a-half with a razor-thin one-point loss to Seattle, but that's back-to-back losses for the Rams now, uh, which they did only once uh, prior to last year, or pardon me, did only once last year. So, uh, you know, before that, they had given up 55 points to Tampa Bay. So that's that's a scary trend right now, 85 points in the last two weeks that the Rams have allowed. But uh, we're not throwing in the towel on the Rams just yet. Uh, in fact, San Francisco uh, is just 7-19-1 against the spread in its last 27 versus teams with a winning record. So the Niners still have some work to do, I think, even though they have vaulted up to number three in the index uh, to prove that they are worthy of staying there. Uh, and L.A. is 6-0 and against the spread in their last six after allowing more than 250 yards passing in the previous game. So when the defense uh, struggles, uh, they tend to respond in the following week. So, Ben, as you said, the line is L.A. by four, which kind of jumps out at you given the two performances the week before. But that's where the index sees this. In fact, the index has uh, this uh, Rams by eight right now. So we think after back-to-back losses, um, L.A. will respond. They will not lose a third straight, and they will send a little message to San Francisco that the division is not theirs for the taking just yet. So Rams minus the four is the play, uh, according to the Dunkle Index. Well, you know, there is one X factor here that the Dunkle Index is not accounting for. Uh-oh, lay it on me. That's the afterglow of the Chip Kelly era. <laughs> That San Francisco ah, is currently in. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a new day for the 49ers. And uh, I don't know. It's just a little tough to figure out how, how big that is for them right now. Well, yes, Philly's in that afterglow. Uh, San Francisco. Well, I'm talking about Philly afterglow. two years ago, maybe. Oregon's in that afterglow. Uh, they're doing well. And I can only surmise that I think UCLA and the Bruins fans are pretty, pretty about ready or pretty ready to be in that afterglow as well. So, yes. No, there's nowhere but up. Post Chip Kelly bounce. So that's a good call. That's a good call. And no doubt they've uh, the Niners have enjoyed that so far. But uh, I think... On Sunday, maybe a little bit of a reality check this weekend. Can't coach that. Can't coach that, no. All right, so our unofficial last game of this Five for the Drive is the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. Detroit's 2-1-1 and overall this year. They're 3-1 and against the spread, number 18 in the index. Green Bay is 4-1 and overall, 4-1 and against the spread, and number 11 in the index. 
the Vegas line here is the Packers by five. Um, but what do you think? Yeah, you know, may have to check myself here because I, I did kind of anoint the NFC West as the power in the NFC. But maybe, you know, you got to also give a shout out to the North. Um, certainly Green Bay, the pack is back. Rodgers looked really good on Sunday. Uh, they went into Dallas, uh, which Dallas, I think, was, what, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, and Rodgers, once again, I mean, he has something uh, up his sleeve every time he goes in and plays the Cowboys. And they jumped out 31-3. And Dak made it a little interesting in the end. Uh, he and Amari Cooper had big numbers. So for the fantasy players, it was a great day to be a Cowboys fan. But in terms of wins, losses, it was not. And Green Bay comes out of there um, with, a, with a big win. But, you know, maybe what's really making the North tough, um, because we did expect Green Bay to be back, and, of course, the Bears look, uh, look tough, uh, despite their loss to Oakland last week. Um, you know, that Bear defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. But it's the improvement of the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, we remember Matthew Stafford. Um, he kind of fell off the map last year, uh, but he looks to be back this year. In fact, he's thrown nine TDs and only two picks and has a QB rating of 102.6. So he's off to a good start. And when Stafford's playing well, the Lions can be dangerous. They had a bye last week, but two weeks ago, they went into Kansas City, which was a little bit of a reality check for them. And you know, they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Chiefs. Um, in fact, they led the Chiefs uh, a number of points during the game, including late in the fourth quarter before Patrick Mahomes drove uh, the Chiefs down to, for a game-winning touchdown. So Detroit at 2-1-1 one one is one of the early surprises in the season, and this is a great uh, test to see just how good the Lions are. Um, they come into this one 6-1 and one against the spread. It's their last seven games following a bye week. So they uh, use the rest uh, to their advantage. And then Green Bay just 0-4 against the spread in their last four games against the Lions. Maybe some of that is looking past the Lions. I don't think they're looking past the Lions on this one right now. Uh, Detroit's uh, too dangerous at the moment. So... Uh, the Vegas line in this one is uh, Green Bay by five and dropping. And that is where the Dunkel index is. Dunkel margin has this one, uh, Green Bay by one. So we like the Lions. And uh, they may make the NFC North just that much more interesting if they can pull off the upset. But we certainly think uh, the Lions plus the points is the play here. And that'll wrap up week six with a good Monday night matchup. So looking forward to that one. And it would wrap it up for us here uh, if I wasn't insistent upon talking about the Seattle Seahawks at the Cleveland Browns. Yes, because the line that. here is essentially even. It's a pick 'em game. And I think Seattle to win straight up is one of the biggest locks I've ever seen. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I can't disagree. You're, you, the index is with you on that. Um, the only caveat I have is that I just do not like lines that open for one team and sh quickly shift to the other. Um, too many times have I been bitten 
following that line. So uh, the index is definitely there. We, we've got Seattle. Uh, in fact, when we posted, I think it was still Cleveland by two, two and a half. But uh, following that woeful performance on Monday night, the odds makers quickly adjusted. And now, as you said, it's Seattle uh, favored. I mean, maybe uh, you need to adjust your metrics because the line, the, the, it's moving in the way that you're leaning. Yeah, no, but we're going to see, where did we have the game at? We've got, uh, I think we had Seattle by three. So still a little room to cover there, but it's get, it looked a lot better when you were getting the points. Now that uh, it's moved to Cleveland by one, maybe even Cleveland, or pardon me, Seattle by one, Seattle by two in some sports books, you're getting pretty close to the Dunkel margin. So the, the benefit of taking the Seahawks is, is not as great as it was, uh, certainly if you jumped on that early. Right. If, the if I know our listeners, they jumped on that early. Well, you did, right? You got on it uh, when on uh, like was Saturday or Sunday before they had even played the Monday night game. Yeah, so, no. yeah, that was smart. No, that 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 was smart. So, yeah, we're with you in terms of the Seahawks winning, but uh, it's it's starting to get a little closer to the Dunkel number now. Um, and again, when when you see uh, all that the money going that one direction, um, and it's certainly understandable given Baker's uh, performance. And Cleveland just kind of laying an egg there. And Seattle looks, as I said, Russell Wilson, probably the front runner right now for the MVP. But uh, just a, a caveat on that one. I did not put that one on our five for the drive. Um, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going not gonna, to uh, play that one for sure. So uh, that brings us to the end of our five or should I say six for the drive this week of NFL <laughs> Week bonus. 6. Little bonus coverage from your Dunkel Index team there. Um, yes. Although some disagreement over uh, whether it's a smart play or not. That's okay. That's for our listeners yeah. to decide. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, no, uh, looking forward to another big week. Uh, we've uh, had two good weeks in a row, so I'd like to keep it going. For our listeners, uh, very much appreciate all the support and uh, got a lot going on right now. Uh, in addition uh, to the NFL, we've got uh, we've got all the college picks up. In fact, uh, we'll be doing our podcast for college later this week, but uh, some nice matchups. We've got the Red River Classic coming up between uh, Texas and Oklahoma and also a biggie in the SEC. The Florida Gators, fresh off that big win over Auburn. And they play uh, in Baton Rouge. We'll see if the Gators can keep it going uh, against the Tigers, who've been red hot. So check out our uh, college football picks at dunkelindex.com. Uh, we've got the NHL uh, going right now. WNBA uh, will wrap up. We've got a game five between Connecticut and Washington. The Mystics couldn't pull it out tonight. So uh, we've got one more there. And then... Um, of course, Major League Baseball playoffs. So thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for coming to the website. And uh, we look forward to talking to you all next week. Thanks, Ben. All right. Well, uh, it's been good talking NFL week six. And I uh, hope you guys have a good one. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. All right. You, Ben. Bye.